had a funny experience last night, Sheldon. Long-time listeners of You Killed It know we don't watch the challenge live. We watch it the next morning. But I started to get uh, texts and messages and tweets at me along the lines of, how are you and Sheldon going to say something nice about Nelson this week? (laughs) Sheldon, how are we going to say something nice about Nelson this week? Uh, I mean... I got something. You got something? Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I'm prepared. Maybe I can maybe I can build off of that energy. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm John Chidley Hill. And as always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. Let me name names. I got a tweet from Holly McNeil saying, Good luck saying something nice about Nelly this week. And then, I mean, the way it appeared on my screen was like a minute later. Mm-hmm. I think they actually tweeted further apart. But then Ray, who would be Rams fan, and then a bunch of numbers, says, "Good luck on your Whoa Nelly segment this week." A rough, a rough episode for our man Nelson. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's funny because last week we started the pod talking about spoilers and all that, and it's funny because last week. Someone was messaged about Josh going crazy. And then this week, someone messages about have fun saying something nice about Nelson. And I found myself in the same situation where I'm reading it without any context of what happens in the episode. And I just laugh because those are two things that don't give away anything other than just normal occurrences on the challenge. You mean Nelson was acting like an asshole? (laughs) I mean... That's not really surprising or breaking news, but it was funny. It made me laugh because you're now anticipating, oh no, how bad could it actually get for Nelson? There's a few things that just don't count as spoilers on the show. Nelson was an idiot? Not a spoiler. Yeah. Josh got emotional? Not a spoiler. It's true. Wes tried to talk game with some rookies? Not a spoiler. Zach and Jenna had relationship trouble? Not a spoiler. You know, it's just that's just what it's like being a challenge fan. You know, the the sky is blue. Yeah, the sun is hot. There's just some things that you can count on, and Nelson being unlikable is one of them. Yeah, and I mean, this is why we're here, right? The challenge knows how to hit the notes, hit the beats, and uh, it was just such a funny episode, all in all. But it was a really good challenge episode because you had you hit all the marks, right? There's some in-house drama, there's some relationship drama, there's scheming and plotting and yelling and screaming and fighting. Everything was there for you. It's just been such a great season so far, and another really good episode. I had a complaint about this episode, but we will get there when we get there. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Let's start, though, with Jay having the wind knocked out of him down in the sand Mm -hmm. after Rogan's quote-unquote big hit. Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about it at the end of the last episode, and I think I said that, you know, I thought he was definitely going to get up and try to finish because... um, just, just when you think about how you put together the episode, if the episode just ended with Jay getting killed, it's not really, there's no, that's not really like a cliffhanger heading into the next one. It's very, it'd be such an anticlimactic ending. But when you edit it with him going down and then the complete overreactions from Josh yelling, oh my God, he broke his arm, despite being like how far away, 
right? Like, how could you even know that he broke his arm and you're that far away? But that's what Josh yells. And then, of course, Bananas gassing in the confessional, talking about how, what's Bananas say? Um, he says the same thing, I think. But it was just like, okay, I, I get where this is going. He's going to get up, which he did, and try, which he did, and still took the L at the end of the day. But you also know that Bananas has such a relationship with the production staff yeah. that they would say to him, like, hey, man, we really need you to sell that hit on Jay. For sure. Like, talk us through it, and he would, like, get it. He would get the mission. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And again, it was a hard hit, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't crazy, right? We've no. seen harder hits, which we talked about last week. And by the time the medic's there and they're like, oh, you got the wind knocked out of you, you heard them repeat it like multiple times. It's like, oh, okay, so there's no broken arm. But the thing that was even more whack to me was how it continued. Because it's like, dude, you might as well just quit. Or they might as well just stop the fight. Because he gets up and the next two tries that he makes... My guy's like trying to take jump shots like he's Steph Curry, except he looked more like Steph Curry in the finals against the Raps when there was no Clay and KD to save him. So like, I was just kind of like, this is lame, dude. Just take your L, go home. I don't want to hear any excuses, right? And I thought, and I know this is going to sound very anti-2020, when we're about safety in sports and concussions in, in hockey and football. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, listen, man, I don't know if he really had a concussion or not. I don't know this. I don't know this. We can assume. But I think he didn't want the smoke and he kind of just found it easier to fade off and, and, and walk out of this, this uh, challenge with, a little bit of his pride left instead of getting completely yeah. embarrassed if it continued. That's just what I think. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm wrong. I know that might come off as insincere, but I don't think my guy wanted the smoke. And I can't even I, say that I blame him. I agree. I think he was just done. And he maybe got an unkind edit in terms of his confessional because they had that confessional shot where he's like, Wait, what do you mean that I'm like medically disqualified? When like, bro, like either you're like they shoot the confessional well afterwards. Either you were concussed or you weren't. But it was just Which weird. Is it? Like the conversation he's having with the producer where he's asking what the rules are. And the producer's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I don't, I don't get the rules. Like I don't understand the rules." She's like, "You just did it. Like you went 3 times. Now he gets to go 3 times." He's like, I only went twice. And it's just, it just seemed really weird. And again, I'm not making, I'm not trying to make light of concussions. I'm definitely not. But I'll say this. We've seen a lot worse hits on the challenge and worse instances where people have been more likely to be concussed than what we just saw with Jay. And they continued mm -hmm. and there was no talk of a concussion. And also... What changed from when the doctor checked on him and said that he had the wind knocked out of him to him taking two jump shots and then talking to them and being like, oh, I only went twice, not three times. And then they check him again and they're like, oh, yeah, I think he got a concussion. He got to go to the hospital. Like he got hit uh, one more time, but that hit wasn't that hard either. No, no. Um, 
Yeah, I assume you've been concussed, right? Like, you play yeah. football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like, I've been concussed four or five times, and, you know, obviously every uh, every head injury is different, and, like, every reaction is going to be different. But that's not typically how concussions work. You know what I mean? Like, in terms of, like, you don't, your memory doesn't, like, get spotty quite like that. Like, you still remember things... Like, the rules would have been explained to him 20 minutes before. Like, you, you don't, like, lose your day automatically. You know what I mean? I don't, like, okay, one time I'm pretty sure I was concussed playing basketball, taking a charge. And it's not that I hit my head. I think my neck just, like, snapped back, right? So, mm-hmm. and I remember being, like, kind of foggy and, like, I was playing the game still, but not really all there. Yep. All I'm saying is... It was just really weird how it all played out for them to check him once, let him play, and then check him again, and then they're like, all right, he can't finish. It just seemed weird, and the way that he, you know, tried to reframe it, like you said you think he got a bad edit, I thought they tried to give him a really good edit to make it seem like, okay, well, yeah, he just met, he just physically can't continue as opposed to he was quitting, which, again... You know, as Rogan says, he almost feels sorry for him. To be honest, I almost do too. But you talked a lot of smack, a lot of trash to Rogan. You said you wanted to see him come down there. And you got your ass whooped. And then you you lost. We'll just take your L. That's all. It happens. That said, I really hope Jay comes back on the show. Mm -hmm. I like his vibe. He is a good competitor. Like, he brings something different to the table. Yeah. We can only have so many sort of, like, big muscle-bound guys. Like, it's important to, like, mix in some smaller people who are, like, still good competitors, but just, like, a different mold. Mm -hmm. Also, too, well, the theory that everyone had for why they kept throwing him back in proved to be right in the end. Yeah. Because they were like, oh, he's the smallest guy. We're going to keep throwing him in. And... Hey, it didn't work for the first two weeks, but then it worked the third time around because people were just waiting for the physical challenge. And hey, there's always next time. <laughs> and he's well positioned for both a rivals season or an exes season. He picked up yeah. both in, in a pretty short span. So that's fair. I hope we'll see him back because I do like him. Yeah, no, and that's like, fair. And I also, I don't blame, if he didn't want to get hit anymore, fair enough. Like, I, I don't want to be too hard on the guy. I get it. Yeah. I might be in the, I might have been in the same boat after taking a couple hard hits. Mm-hmm. So, I ain't mad at him. No, I'm not mad at him. I'm just saying, don't talk all that smoke and then, you know, play like you're hurt after. Right? Like, I, if you were really afraid, like, because there's two things going on, right? Like, he didn't want to go against a bigger guy which I can totally understand, but then don't talk so much shit going in and then get hurt, right? Like, that's the part where I'm like, all for shit talking, but you got to back it up because if you don't back it up, you then look like a fool when you could just take your L and go out. I do have to note that after Rogan gets his red skull, Dee says in confessional that she's really happy because now her closest allies have red skulls. Yeah. Which should come as news to Wes, right? Yeah, but I mean, again, I don't take anything D says seriously or even really pay attention that much, to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I can't 
I can't argue with you on that point. Um, then we have one of, one of, if not the major storyline of the episode, and that is Jenna calls home to Zach. Yeah. And when I say calls home, I mean she tries to call Zach and can't get a hold of him. She's getting that feeling of that he's dodging her calls. Yeah. And it brings us to a listener question from Lucas Wyatt, who asks, Which challenge relationship drama is the worst? Zach and Jenna, Kara, Kyle, Polly, or Dee and Rogan? Uh, the worst is obviously Kara and Polly, just because they're super annoying. As annoying yeah. as the Zach and Jenna drama is on the show, individually, at least I can still say, like, I don't mind them. Right, yeah. like I think they're both like good people. I could, I could, possibly, conceivably see myself hanging out with them. Like Zach has his moments for sure, where he comes off as a huge dick. But I think that he's, you know, shown a bit of a different side the last few times he's been on the show. But th- under no circumstances would I ever want to hang out with Kara or Polly. And I think that's I also- a difference. And same thing goes for D, who I just find super annoying. Whereas at least bare minimum, I find Jenna to be super nice, super sweet, and I could hang out with her. Yeah, I agree with you. And I would add that like part of the problem with the Kara, Polly, Kyle drama is that Kyle's not really a willing participant mm-hmm. in it. Like he would rather not like he's just I mean, as he once said, I, I can't remember which season, but on one of the seasons he said, like Polly, I can't unfuck your girlfriend. Like yeah. I don't know what you want me to do about this. Yeah. Whereas at least, I mean, it's a bare, it's a small step, but at least with like uh, Zach and Jenna, like it's ongoing and like somewhat real relationship drama. Yeah. It's and when I say it's real, I mean this is shit that happens with real life couples. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, totally. Uh, where. We where this does happen, um, and we should talk about what happens. Basically, their issue is that um, while Jenna is in the Czech Republic filming this, Zach goes into her DMs mm-hmm. and like scrolls back and sees some DMs from two years ago that he does not like from 2018. Yeah, yeah. and they were not together at that time. They were, as they say on the show, friends on a break. Mm-hmm. So he's feeling really insecure and unhappy. I don't know about you. I got the strong impression that whoever it was that was in Jenna's DMs, A, is a regular on the challenge, and B, might be in the house. I mean, I have no idea. (laughs) I mean, who knows? There's absolutely no way to know that unless they said it. I have no idea. I'll tell you why. First of all, they really danced around the name of whoever she'd been messaging with. Okay. And B, if it was someone in the house, I could see why he'd feel more insecure. Right? Like, let's say, I'm not saying that it was Nelson, but let's say for argument's sake it was Nelson. Okay. I could see him being like, oh, cool. My girlfriend is on another continent with a guy that she has history with in a house 
like I don't feel as you know what I mean like it adds a layer to it yeah I I guess yeah in theory it's just like again like I have no idea and I mean Zach would probably seems like he would just be mad period regardless of whoever it is right like it could just be one of her exes it could be anyone and Zach would probably be pretty mad about it I don't know if it was someone in the house if he would have played it out in this way because he wouldn't want it to then become a storyline like do you know what I mean like if he if that is the case and he played it out this way he can't control what she then says in the house right and he wouldn't really want it to play out and become more of a storyline right and like that's like, I feel like the more likely scenario, if that was the case, which, again, I don't think it is or I have no idea if it is, but I feel like the more likely scenario, if that was the case, would be Jenna would then go back to whoever, Nani, Kayla, whatever, and have this discussion, and then it would be all over the house and then become even more of a storyline mm-hmm. to which he would get mad at, which I, I think he would know, and so he wouldn't do that. Yeah, in any event, like, I don't want to defend Zach too much because I think he really is overreacting. Like, you can't... We just finished yeah, I mean, running down Polly and Kara and Polly being mad mm-hmm. that Kyle has a history with Kara. I mean, that all happened before Polly had even met Kara. So, like, you, like you can't yeah. get mad at your significant other's past, For their sure. history. It's a tough thing, though, right, all around. And, and you know, without... Obviously, we don't know any of the details, but from what we do know, your first mistake is going through your partner's DMs. Anytime you you need like the oh, yeah. password to your partner's phone or to their DMs and you have to be scrolling back through them, you have problems to begin with, right? Just my opinion. Just, hey, however people decide to run their relationships, that's on you. I'm just saying, if I feel the need to be scrolling through your DMs, to be looking for something shady, we already have problems to begin with. So that to me yeah. is a first problem. I agree with you. That's that's a huge problem, and it speaks to Zach's insecurities, which is crazy. But because like I think Jenna is like a really upstanding person. Like I like of anyone on the show, not just of this season, but like any season, I think Jenna's one of the top three most trustworthy people. Like, yeah, I mean, she's a pretty straightforward person for sure. Like the persona she shows on the show definitely leads her to be a very likable character. But the flip side of it is, if you're talking about a relationship and you know you guys are on a break, and the assumption would be that they've had some form of conversation about what happened when they weren't together and she lied like he insinuates that she lied to him my next kind of like relationship guide here would be why would you want to have that conversation yeah do you know what i mean because either way like if i break up with someone and then we're on a break for whatever a year or a couple months and then we get back together Yes, I'm going to be curious about what happened, but ultimately, do I really want to know? No. So, again, if you're having that conversation again, and you're worried about it, you're probably already in some issues already. So, this whole thing is super weird to begin with, and Jenna kind of seems like she wants to leave. She's asking Zach, should she leave? 
Uh, she's talking to the other girls in the house and they're trying to tell her that she should stay. She shouldn't want to go home. And it made me think like, I feel like I've seen this happen before. Like this happened on another season already, didn't it? When Zach yeah. was cheating on her. Yeah. Right. So he also doesn't, you mentioned that he cheated on her previously when she was, uh, when she was on a season of the challenge. Yeah. There was he a part really where she called a... home and he didn't even know who it was on the phone. Yeah. He doesn't really have a moral leg to stand on, you know? And, like, it's not, like, eye for an eye or anything like that. But, like, he's got to be a little more understanding, right? Like, for he sure. has to come with, like, a little more forgiveness in his heart than what he was bringing in this phone call. Yeah, and that's all based off of, again, what we know, right? Like, we don't know what's that's happening when they're not on the show or even what's in the DMs. Right. Like yeah. there's a lot of leeway. There's a lot that goes down in the DMS. Right. So there's a lot of leeway in terms of what he could have found in her DMS, which we don't know. So, yeah, the big storyline, though, is should she leave to go try to save her relationship or or not? That's basically the big topic of conversation there. Right. That is the big topic of conversation. I do have a note from listener Greg Holcomb. OK. Who says he's been a longtime listener to the podcast and has mad respect for us and Sheldon, which us and Sheldon, me and Sheldon. I know how to speak English good for the both of us. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, we have mad respect for you, too, Greg. So thank you. He notes that at one point, Jenna, Jenna calls her friend Nicole. Mm -hmm. And um, Nicole's giving advice. And he, Greg notes that Jenna introduced her friend Nicole to Derek Kaczynski a couple years ago. And they have been dating for almost two years. Nicole was actually standing in the kitchen of Derek's house during that video call. Oh. So just like a little full circle-ness. Okay. We're going to come back to Greg because he had another note from the show. Okay. A lot of people had, but we're going to come back to that. Yeah, so, so there's derailed you. Well, there's the one side of the drama. The other side of the drama going on in the house obviously involves Kayla and Bear. Yes, sir. And I guess we get to see Bananas and Wes operate in a way that Bananas and Wes are used to operating in terms of stirring the pot within the house. And, and just amusing themselves. Like, they're just filling time. Which, for sure. you know, in this pandemic world, we... I think we all have more sympathy for now than yeah. maybe we did when this was shot. For sure. So they're like egging Bear on at first while they all sit around and drink beers. Then they decide to come up with this whole plan where <laughs> this is actually, I don't know. I found this pretty funny. I like, I thought it was pretty funny. They come up with this whole plan where they're going to decorate um, Bear's room or Bear's side of the room. And so they decide to get a bunch of pictures. Well, we'll get to the pictures later. But they decide to get some grapes. They're putting up like K plus B equals love on the wall. Like they're they're giving this whole like little setup, romantic setup to Bear's corner of the room. And they're trying to go surprise Kayla with it to bring Kayla to come see it. And Bear, or it's not Bear, Wes and Bananas... You know, they're gassing themselves up. They know exactly what they're doing because Wes then goes to get pictures of Kayla's boyfriend from like her diary or whatever that is, which is an extreme violation 
which is not yeah. really brought up, but that's an extreme violation of privacy, going through her things to get the pictures. But yeah. they tape said pictures on the ceiling. <laughs> so obviously, once you lie down in the bed, you'd be looking up at your actual boyfriend while you're in bed with the guy you're cheating on your boyfriend with. Um, interesting sub subplot here. We talked a couple weeks ago about how I said I kept forgetting to bring up the fact that I saw Kayla on an episode of Vanderpump Rules in the background. Yeah. And I didn't know this whole storyline, but as it turns out, Kayla was really good friends with Sheena, who's one of the main characters on Vanderpump Rules. Sheena was the one who introduced Kayla to Sheena's friend, is Mikey, right? Yeah. Mikey and Sheena are really good friends. Kayla now cheats on Mikey. Sheena disowns her. Not friends anymore. Huge beef. That's what's happened in real life. But yeah. So anyways. Good background. I didn't know that. Yeah. So coming back into the house now, they go to get Kayla to show her what they've done. And then what happens when they show Kayla, John? Honestly, at first, she was into it. Like, you can see it in her face. She thinks it's funny. She thinks it's a little cute. She understands that they're just ribbing her. Mm -hmm. She's okay until she lies down in the bed and looks up and does see the photos Mm -hmm. and storms out. And she's furious. She's livid. And Bear looks honestly stunned. And then he looks up at the ceiling. Nelson has him. Here's my nice thing I'm going to say about Nelson. He popped in at the right time to have Bear look at the ceiling, and Bear looks stunned. That's that's my nice thing I'm going to say about Nelson before I run him down later. But Bear was faking, right? You like, think so? Of course he was. Bear knew what was going on the entire time. I th- I think Bear knew that they were setting things up to make like a little love nest. I don't think he knew about the photos. I think if you go back and rewind the episode and rewatch the very beginning of when they come up with this plan of what they're going to do. Bear is like right there when bananas and Wes are like, Oh, let's get pictures. Like he knew, he knew what was going on. He's just being uh, bear. Maybe bear thought it was okay because he already called Mikey on his hand phone (laughs) and told him that he was out and bear was in. Yeah. Who's to say, I mean, I have to say, I mean, I'm, I'm really mixed on this whole situation. I was really amused when they were playing cards and Johnny and Wes were sort of egging Bear on yeah. and being like, have you won anything else in the house, Bear? And Bear said, well, I have won the heart of one young lady who's in this house, but I can't say who because she has it. Like, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And, like, they were right up to the edge with, like, setting up the love nest. Like, a gentle teasing. Mm-hmm. The photos crossed the line. And to your point, going into Kayla's diary or, or journal or, or whatever that was, going into going through her personal possessions yeah, uh, was not cool. It's a good thing that she didn't have a blanket made of photos of her and Mikey. Yep. Because that for sure would have been used. Good point. Good point. Uh, But um, Wes says in confessional that he doesn't feel any sympathy for Kayla, (laughs) that she's throwing away a years-long relationship for the biggest fuckboy on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I don't know. I think I'm torn. I'm. It's not as black and white, I think, as Wes is making it out to be. What do you think? Uh, I think Kayla kind of played herself in this situation. Cause, okay. Okay, so you cheat on your boyfriend, right? Whatever. I don't know what your relationship is. That's a decision that you made. Whatever. Cool. However this plays out for the rest of the season is not a good look for you. So even no. if you think that they're just joking around and they they got something for you, her initial instinct was like, she even says out loud, guys, I'm not playing around with you. Like I'm not, I know what you guys are doing and I'm not getting involved in whatever you guys are doing right now. So her initial instinct was to stay out of it. And then she gives in for whatever reason, but you got to know, however this plays out, it's not a good look for you. Even if they are still just joking around, Right. And the pictures aren't on the ceiling. This is still not a good look for you. Right. No. So your best move was just to ignore them, let them go off in their whole in their own thing and whatever they were doing and just not be a part of it. But she played herself because I feel like the reason why she did go was because she thought it would be funny and she was going to be in on the joke. Instead, the joke was on her. And that's where she yeah. played herself. I forget if it was Nani or Jenna, but one of Kayla's friends said to her, like, just stop dealing with them. Like, you can still repair this. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that was good advice. Like, not that it's excusable, excusable to say, oh, I was drunk. It was just one kiss. But it's a lot better than anything else. For sure. And I think, you know, the main problem is she wants to continue this with Bear. Right. Like we see them having a conversation afterwards where they're kind of making up. Right. So yeah. it's like, again, she's fully on board with this whole thing. But even in their argument, and I know she says, you're a fuck boy and you, I ruined a relationship because of you and you don't even give a shit. I know she says all that, but her actions are still putting her in this position where she's continued to just making make herself look bad. And the contrast of watching what was happening to Jenna and Zach and then Kayla and Bear and their relationships, the contrast of that to Jordan and Tori was pretty funny just to see how well they've been handling <laughs> their relationship. Even, you know, even though they there is a scene where they're talking to Jenna and Tori says, hey, if I was in your position, I'd probably go home. Like, I understand what you're feeling right now. I'm not telling you to go home, but I'm saying I totally understand that feeling. And Jordan says, to be honest, if I was in your position, I'm not leaving, <laughs> right? Like, I wouldn't leave. And I would trust that my partner would understand that I'm going to handle my business, and then I'm going to come home and we'll sort it out. And I just thought that was pretty cool to see them handle that and even have like a differencing a difference of opinion but yet it's not like it turned into an argument between them at least that we saw anyways yeah right I, and i have to say i agree with jordan i wouldn't i wouldn't leave either yeah like it, if it's really that bad like when zach when jenna finally gets zach on the phone you know she's she says like i guess i'm going home i love you and he says bye and she's like it's <laughs> like that he's like yeah it's that bad and then like hangs up yeah i mean the damage is done right like if the damage if it's that bad if it's as bad as zach says the damage is done might as well stay and try to get paid mm -hmm.
right? Yeah. No, totally. And Anissa, I thought, made a very good point in Confessional where she said, Zach has Jenna on a string. It would be good for Jenna Mm -hmm. to stay home, or excuse me, to stay in the house, to keep trying to compete for herself and show Zach and herself that she's a strong, independent person and that she can make her own decisions and that she's not at Zach's beck and call. And I thought it was significant that Jordan and Tori were weighing in and that Jordan was so hardline because Jordan and Zach are butts. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, when Jordan proposed last season, Zach knew it was coming and was in on it and Mm -hmm. was like the the most outspoken ally yeah and was genuinely happy to see jordan and tori get engaged yeah. like they are real life friends and so for jordan to be like hey like you should stay i think that says a lot because like he, he's not just like someone in the house like he actually is in their lives for real as a, as is tori yeah, no, for sure. I think that's a really cool point. And, you know, the the counseling by Jordan and Tori was interesting because obviously Tori on another level sees an opportunity for maybe getting an easy skull. So I thought that was, it was just a, another interesting wrinkle into the whole thing. But either way, relationship drama aplenty. Uh, but another relationship that seems to be going strong in the house is Sway Lee. <laughs> also known as Swaggy C and Bailey. And we get this scene where Wes is counseling them. And we find out that Wes, they kind of have a, a, a an alliance formed here between Wes and Bailey and Swaggy C, which was interesting. And one of the storylines we keep trying to follow week to week is... You know, because I watch Big Brother, I have a different viewpoint of Bailey and Swaggy. So I'm so interested to how to see how challenge fans and viewers are relating to them. And I could definitely see as I remove myself from the Big Brother stuff, I'm like, oh, I can definitely see how people would be liking Swaggy C and Bailey. Like I get it. Like they're coming off a lot differently in this house than they did in the Big Brother house. But it also just goes to show how different the Big Brother house is, right? Because there's nothing but them just sitting around talking for the majority of the show, right? It's a lot more of, you know, I don't even want to say gameplay, but just like sitting around being annoying. Whereas obviously, especially at this point of the challenge, there's so many more people in the house. So you're getting them in smaller doses and the doses we're getting aren't that bad. What do you make of this alliance between... Wes and Sway Lee. Well, I I did not see it coming, and it turns out that it's been like it started even before the season started because they all live in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, right. Like, and they know each other in real life. I don't know how well. Like, I don't know if Swaggy C and Bailey were like, "Oh, we're going on uh, the challenge. Mm. We know who we should pay a call to." And like, Wes is a guy in Kansas City that you can find, right? Like, he is a man about town, uh, has a very, like, high profile. So I think it makes a lot of sense. And Wes even points out, he's like, I always work with rookies. You guys are from the same city, yet no one seems to realize that we're working together. And also, he says that Johnny doesn't know that he's working with 
Swaggy and Bailey. I refuse to call them Swaley. Um, and so I'm torn. I'm liking them more and more, but I'm also so tired of Bailey's studio gangster act. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so tired of her being like, oh, they don't want to make me mad, or like her, like, yeah. later threatening to punch a camera. Like, get out of here. Like, yeah. No. Stop it. You're not that bad. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, you can be angry, like, for sure. Like, your feelings are valid. But, like, even... And she's also one of those people that always mentions that they're in a relationship. You know what I mean? Yep. Oh, totally. Totally, totally, totally. Um, I, can't, I can't stand those people in real life. I, like, I had a former co-worker who mentioned his girlfriend in, like, every other breath. And it was the most annoying thing on earth. Like, I don't <laughs> care. Like, we're coworkers. I don't fucking care. Yeah. And the same goes for, like, Swaggy Bailey. We know you're a couple. I also wonder, so Swaggy and Bailey, last we saw, are still in bunk beds. Meanwhile, Bear has, I guess, pushed his bed together with someone else's bed. <laughs> I guess it was CT's bed, if yeah. my, like, geography of the bunker is correct. Like, how, how are Swaggy C and Bailey not going to bear me like, hey, there's two of us, we're engaged, can we please have the two beds that are pushed together and you can take a bunk bed? Yeah. Like, how are they not, like, I don't know, trading cigarettes for that or something? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't So, know. they're yeah. growing on me, but I still, I find I like Swaggy more than I like Bailey. That's fair. That's fair. Lots of moving parts going on, and, and I guess the moving parts get a little bit bigger as we head to this challenge here. And yes. It starts off with TJ just continuing to be on a roll this season where he, he's just laying down the law and being a real character, I'll say, in this season of the challenge. And, you know, to start off, he just says he's hearing about some stuff going on in the house and he doesn't like it. Quote, I thought I had some of the most toughest, hardest challengers we've ever had. Was I wrong? Does ever does anyone not want to be here? And it's a serious moment until Bear says, winners never quit and quitters never win. And I can't lie, I laughed out loud when he said that. I think that might be my line of the episode, just because it was wow. so ridiculous. I think. I don't even remember if I had another one isolated. But if I don't, as we go through the notes, that is definitely it. Just because the timing, like, Bear is so ridiculous that I get why people, you know, want him in the house. Because he's just funny all the time, and he's always on. So, you know, TJ offers to let them quit, and obviously we know he's talking about Jenna, Jenna says she's not even trying to make eye contact with uh, TJ because she's like so rattled. But it made me think at this point about was it a couple seasons ago when Zach, Johnny Bananas, outed Zach for basically throwing an elimination when he was partnered with Zahida? Because Zach mm -hmm. just wanted to go home for whatever reason. But he essentially just, he was partnered with Zahida. And we were bigging him up for being such a nice guy on that season. And he was doing really well and like encouraging her and being a really good partner. And then it came out in the reunion that he basically, well, he denied it. That he threw the challenge because he wanted to go home. So it made me wonder if Jenna was going to do that here. Which, I mean, we still don't really have an answer to that. But we'll, we'll get there. But in terms of the actual challenge, what did you think when you saw this 
challenge that is um, this challenge that was, I guess, modeled after the Fast and the Furious. What did you make of this challenge? Uh, sorry, I just have to say on the, on the idea of Jenna quitting, don't forget that her first season of the challenge was uh, an ex's where she was with Jay with her shitty ex Jay mm -hmm. who like I see why she likes Zach so much in comparison mm -hmm. and they ma made the finals because everyone thought they were a layup and then they quit and I, I don't know like some people said that Jay was banned from the show because <laughs> he quit so hard and TJ really laid into them at the time yeah so I think part of like that dynamic between Jenna and TJ is like she has faced the wrath of being on a team where your partner quits. Yeah. And having, t like, TJ excoriated them. Like, TJ was, uh, except, what's that guy who um, wouldn't rappel down, wouldn't jump for in that cave from um, Invasion of the Champions? No idea. Oh, man, you know who I mean. And they had that, like, Britney Spears moment where they lowered him down into frame. Oh. I don't remember who that all, was, but yeah. Jenna was there for that, too. Like, she was also one of the people facing elimination. But, like, it's that level that TJ went in on Jenna and Jay way back on their season of X's. Mm -hmm. So, like, Jenna, Jenna has, like, seen the face of Challenge God before and doesn't want to face it again. So I get why she was shook. Uh, as for this competition, as you said, you know, uh, TJ goes on at length saying, you know, it's uh, inspired by a movie franchise that has brought us some of the biggest stunts in movie history. He is, of course, talking about the Twilight trilogy. Um, <laughs> I really liked this competition where they have to it's like a double uh, a double high uh, semi tractor trailer mm -hmm. and they have to they have puzzle pieces attached to the side of the containers they're magnetized um, and you're partnered and you have to climb up and down and you're tethered together like it's a pulley system so you, if you're up your partner has to be down and vice versa mm -hmm. uh, they have to collect 10 puzzle pieces climb on top of the truck and then solve the puzzle and like there's two teams going at each time because there's one team per side and they have seven minutes to do it which like people don't really talk about but seven minutes doesn't seem like a long time to do this from not start to all. finish not at all like, this seemed like it was really hard and yes. you know the rig was moving pretty quickly so yeah you know there's a lot going on here and I thought it was interesting that, you know, two things right off the, the bat. Um, There's an odd number of people. So one dude was going to have to go twice. And that was Jordan. And I found it yes. funny that they said it was randomly selected. But this was the first time we actually saw them do the random selection. <laughs> like there's a shot of TJ reaching in and pulling out Jordan's name, which we've never really seen this season when they said something was randomly selected. But anyways, the fact that Jordan was randomly selected and he was the one who I think, you know, him and Nani go first, but he actually says right away, he's like, listen, uh, don't use your hands. And I thought that was super smart because it was twofold, right? One, your hands were super like the, the rig is cold. 
So that was going to affect your hands from being on it for so long. But also, you'll tire your your arms out. Right? Yeah. Like, you don't need your arms to, like, balance. You can use your legs, which are obviously stronger than your arms. And it was just such a smart strategy. But he came up with it the first go-around, not after doing it once and getting to go again. So I thought that was super interesting. Um, but, yeah. I have, to, I have to say something on... Jordan getting randomly selected because we got a lot of messages about that. Jordan Reginato, who is a listener of the show and a friend of mine, Centennial grad, shout out Centennial, said they showed Jordan getting randomly selected to go twice. You also saw quick reaction shots after the pairings uh, where uh, people looked generally happy with their picks. Mm -hmm. Did they break tradition with the challenge and actually pick randomly? Because you and I have been going on all season about how random selection is not random. Greg Holcomb also, who I mentioned earlier, also says, if you notice the way that TJ drew Jordan's name at the beginning of the mission, according to Wes, TJ has been drawing names the same way to randomly form the teams for each event. Because Wes has been doing a, a Patreon account where he does mm -hmm. like a, a watch party. So I went back and I watched tj draw jordan's name five times okay because they did it it was a really fast cut yep because like a super fast cut and like have you ever drawn a name out of a hat i assume you have because like you've lived a life okay he it was the most ginger like name like he didn't reach into it was an old ammo case he didn't reach deep in or anything he didn't shake it up. He didn't stir it up. Maybe he did. Like I said, it was a very like quick cut. It was like half a second. Mm -hmm. But it really seemed like Jordan's name was sitting on top yeah. of the pile. Mm -hmm. And that he just like pulled that out. We can take Greg and Wes's word for it that they were randomly selected like that every time. But just like as Patrick Ewing in the NBA, there's still ways to rig drawings. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I found the way Jordan's name being selected was very suspect, especially given his sort of intersection in terms of being very, very clear that he wanted to make sure that Tori got a red skull. Yeah. And the way, like, who he was partnered with and, like, the way he was, uh, just the way the politics played out and, like, who he's allies with. Like I just said, like, he's buds uh, with Zach and with Jenna. So, you know, I don't know. I, I still find the Dryans fishy. I don't know if you do, but I, f I find them suspect. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always been on the side that, you know, if you could fake it to manipulate it in a certain way for certain outcomes, you definitely would do that as producers. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. And I think I even wrote down, I'm like, even that could be fake, just the way that they edited it, because it could just be a shot just to, you know, throw you off the scent. So, yeah, totally makes sense. Because um, at the end of the day, the, the thing that people need to remember is they're making a TV show, right? So <laughs> if you're a producer and you can make it seem more interesting, you're going to do that 10 times out of 10. Or you should do that 10 times out of 10, because we're entertained by it. Um and yeah, so this challenge, there was really a lot going on that I found super interesting in terms of, you know, the strategy you had to use going in, how you were going to work with your partner, and 
right off the bat, the fact that Jordan and Nani did such a good job, I thought that was super interesting. Because Nani, Nani has certain challenges where she looks like a challenge beast. And there's others where like she just looks horrible. But this was one of them where she was really, really good. Her and Jordan worked really well. Um, you could tell they had a really good uh, time. And on the flip side, D and Swaggy kind of messed up on their plan. And so they were eliminated right away. And I mean, do we want to go through everyone or just talk about what which which people kind of like stood out to you the most? Because like the next one that stood out to me the most was Tori and Josh. I know they were next. Yeah, but. yeah I, th- I think we should talk about Tori and Josh. And then, of course, Anissa and Nelson. Yeah. And sure. then back with Jordan and Bailey. I think those are the four that matter the most. So Josh right away drops a piece and Wes says either Josh is throwing it or he actually is the worst player. And (laughs) I don't think he was throwing it because, again, I don't understand why anyone would throw a challenge, which will this challenge, which we'll get to in a bit. But Josh is he, he messes up. And then just the way that he was acting at the very end with him and Tori standing up there and they don't have the extra piece and they're actually like calling out production. Like we're one piece short. We didn't have the piece. Like we didn't drop it. And he like swears that he didn't drop the piece. And it's like, dude, why would they lie to you? Like, just look back. Of course the piece is on the ground. Like you dropped it. It was just super interesting, but on brand for Josh. Just him. Like they, one of the, bumpers to commercial was him going no no like he literally responded like a child yeah like he literally like if you saw that like your seven-year-old like you come into the kitchen and there's like i don't know like a broken jar of jam on the floor and you said to your seven-year-old hey what happened here they would respond like josh did yeah like just yeah, such sure. a child, so emotional. Um, then the next notable one, which is as we said, what we got a lot of uh, listener feedback to, was Anissa and Nelson. Yeah. So off the hop, Nelson's pissing off Anissa, and like they didn't, they didn't address it immediately, but he was in full jackass mode. Like, he he said, like, he's, like, trying to hype her up. He's like, let's go. Let's do this. Let's go, baby girl. Which, yeah. like, Anissa's definitely older than Nelson. I'm, it's pretty, it's pretty doubtful to be calling any woman baby girl. But definitely not an older, smarter woman than you. you like, <laughs> shut up, Nelson. And then I don't know if you noticed this. But as the truck leaves, and this is a timed competition where truly every second matters, instead of like getting down and climbing, Nelson leans back and salutes the other competitors. Did you catch that? No, I he, missed like, that. He like faced the crowd and saluted them as they rolled on. <laughs> and this brings me to my line of the episode. Okay. In response to Anissa being like hyped up they cut to anisa in confessional and she's just like staring at the camera with dead eyes yeah and i know she didn't say anything but that made me laugh so hard yeah so silence was (laughs) was the line of the episode 
Unfortunately for Anissa, the very first piece that she got off the truck, she then dropped. Yeah. And, you know, Nelson came out super hype and I don't know if he was trying to like hype up Anissa or what was going on or if he was just extra hype because he thought, hey, I'm the great athlete. She's a great puzzle person. We can't lose. Like he was just so overconfident and that's what got him so hype. But he was definitely on one. And yeah, you're right. The editing of the whole Anissa's response to Nelson was so good. It was another great job done by the editing crew on the challenge. But then we get to why I really don't understand what so many people were mad at in this competition. Because Nelson, even before this, and even Fessy said that they thought Jenna threw the challenge and she dropped hers on purpose because she wanted to lose. And then Nelson accuses Anissa of the same thing. And then he gets all over the top about it. And I don't understand why anyone would throw the challenge. That makes no sense. They're saying people would throw the challenge because they want to go into the elimination. But if you win the challenge, you can send yourself in the elimination. So why would you throw it? That makes no sense to me at all. And I didn't understand that complaint the entire challenge. So you're right. Anissa drops it. And she feels bad and she's Nelson just chirping her as she's still trying to like put together the puzzle just cuz right and, and for some reason he's so offended despite the fact it's a female elimination anyways so it doesn't yeah. really even affect you so why are you so mad I didn't understand it at all it was just weird he's screaming at the challenge gods <laughs> like what is happening Man's is cheesed, guy. Like, I don't understand why he was so upset at all. And, like, Anissa even says, like, it's a women's elimination week. Like, he has no stake in this. Yeah. Like, he's not... There's no benefit for him to, like, winning the competition this week. There's... He and Anissa, to the best of my knowledge, are, are not in an alliance of any sort. Like, she and Corey get along. They have a history, but are cool. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe there's that. And even Corey, like, afterwards, like, when they're all back sitting by, like, sort of the staging area, Nelson goes on for 10 minutes. And people who are Nelson's friends, like Fassie and Corey, are like, Nelson, chill out. Like, this is a bad look. Yeah. Like, Anissa's a nice person. She tries hard. She but definitely didn't do it on purpose. Like, what are you doing? And at one point, like, Corey goes over to, like, try to cool Nelson off. And Nelson goes... I don't even care if this cost me votes. Like, buddy, like, it's just like when he popped off on uh, Kayla. Yeah. Who, like, threw a burn vote at him. Like, he's got to be way more level-headed. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, my nice thing I was going to say about Nelson in this episode is he's right. He does try hard in every challenge. Cool. Yeah. Um, But it just made no sense. So I just want to go over some of the things that he's yelling at her, right? And he's saying... He's yelling at her saying, we all know the plan. Everyone's plan was to throw it like Jenna because they want to go into it, into an elimination against Jenna. I'm like, so how does Jenna and other people also throwing the challenge equal them both getting into the elimination? Like, walk me through that plan. Like, it didn't even make sense. Like, if he took any moment to stop and think about what he was saying, he'd realize it doesn't make sense. And then on top of that, He's going in on her while she's crying. And I thought the best line was he's telling her, he's she, he's like, I'm telling you the truth. And she says, quote, you can't tell me my truth, bro. 
yeah. <laughs> which is big facts, right? Like, what are you talking about? She says, that's not how it works. You can't tell me my truth. And you mentioned it. Fessy is saying Nelson makes a fool of himself every single week. And it's he's calling her tears fake. So now you're saying she's a great actress as well, <laughs> that she could just cry on the spot. It just made no sense. But again, at the end of the day, even if she, let's say Nelson is right. Let's say Anissa did throw the challenge on purpose. Let's just say that's true. How does that affect Nelson? And what does that outburst do for Nelson? Exactly. Like, I don't think Nelson's a very smart person. I think, I, I think I've made that clear in the past. I mean, he didn't think this through at all. Yeah, and that's my point. I don't think he's looking at the big picture at all. Like, he is so... We're like, in his mind, every competition you go into, you should win. Mm -hmm. Or you should try your best to win. Which, like, fair not enough. A, not a bad thing. Not a, not a bad approach. And, like, other people in the house have that same approach. Jordan would be of the same mindset. And we'll mm -hmm. come to that. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't have any issue with that. Yeah. But to then expand that and say Anissa did not try her best Anissa purposely threw it and like talk about some grand conspiracy like it, it makes no sense and I also don't understand beyond wanting to win every competition he's in I don't see why he's I don't understand why he's so emotionally invested yeah, I think that's all it is. It's just all the fact that he wants to win because that's more positive camera time for him. Right? And I think I think that's all it is. Like, he's frustrated because he hasn't won, and he hasn't won yet, and him winning would give him more airtime. I, I think that's all it is, and he's so frustrated by that fact. But end of the day, Nelson is a moron. He looked like a complete idiot in this episode. And, you know... I think he looks even more like an idiot later on with how everything plays out. But before we get to that, you know, Mel and Bananas, they also do a really good job. But then the last real thing to talk about is Bailey and Jordan. And I know sometimes they show us the competition out of order. Mm -hmm. And I really wonder if this was the correct order and if Nelson's outburst affected Bailey into thinking oh. that people were throwing the challenge on purpose because oh, that's a good point. I don't, I'm again, I have no idea asking the question, but so Bailey's going again with Jordan and she thinks that because Jordan's done it already, I think she went in overconfident as well thinking, Oh, well we got this. Jordan did so well the first time he obviously is going to know how to do this the second time around, which on some level is true because he did give her the same pointers he gave Nani in terms of using your legs and not using your, your hands and arms so much. And, you know, she starts getting mad at him despite the fact that she missed one of her pieces. So they had to go back down. But then she's really mad at him because she thought, I guess, that he would have done better on the puzzle. Whereas he was like, nah, it's like, I don't know if it's the same puzzle on the other side or not, but... Either way, he was on the opposite side that he was the first time, and she's not even helping him put together the puzzle. So they end up getting disqualified, and Bailey is upset, right, to say the least. And I wonder, again, if Nelson had anything to do with this, but she she's blatantly accusing Jordan of throwing the challenge. So, but her reasoning is so that 
Nani could go against Jenna. Because in her mind, which I don't know, again, if this is the, the Nelson conspiracy as well, but it was that so that Nani could go against Jenna in the elimination because Jenna was going to throw it and give Nani a free skull to the end. That was their conspiracy theory. So I have a few theories as to why Bailey is all messed up, but I'll let you go. What did you make of Bailey's whole outburst? It's hard to make Jordan look like the voice of reason in a heated argument. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bailey's... Again, I said this off the top when we were talking about Swaggy and Bailey. My biggest problem with Bailey is the way she views herself and how she believes others view her. Mm -hmm. She sees herself as a big threat both in the competition, like in the actual challenge, but also like in life. Like she is under the impression that people are scared of her mm -hmm. and that they are working against her. And Jordan says in their argument, you're no one's gunning for you. You're not on anyone's radar. Chill out. And he made the very fair point that like Nani and I finished it because Nani didn't miss any of her pieces. Mm -hmm. You had to go back down. Yep. That's on you. <laughs> like Totally. Like that's, we already said, and I, I think it's true, seven minutes, like I think the f reasonably the fastest you could do this competition is in six minutes and 30 seconds. So if, and like TJ even says that the three teams that did complete it were all within eight seconds of each other. In yeah. other words, if you're going, if you're get on top of the truck and then have to go back down, You've just lost. Exactly. Right? So even if they completed the puzzle, they were probably out of it. And yeah. I think Jordan really did give the best advice he could. So, like, I think Bailey's being really unreasonable. And it's a lot of it, again, comes down to, I think, Bailey's self-image and how she perceives herself and perceives her position in the house. I think it, it's a lot of that, too. And I think that, you know, she probably got gassed up by Wes, right? Because remember, we saw the scene of Wes planting in her mind, hey, Jordan uses people, right? And so we saw that conversation. And then now you fast forward to the actual challenge where she's working with Jordan. And Wes has already planted that seed in her mind that, hey, Jordan's not that trustworthy of a person for you to work with. So I think, you know the manipulation of one seeing Nelson just have a blow up about people throwing it. And then two, having Wes put that in her head as well, that kind of led her to be the rookie that's getting manipulated here because you don't have an understanding of the game. And we mentioned a, a couple of the points I was going to say already, right? Where Bailey messed up by having to go back down. That's one mess up Two, She didn't help on the puzzle. Three, and this is where I think the understanding of the game is where she messes up. Why would Jordan want Nani to go in and not Tori? Right? Yeah. Like, that's the part that doesn't make sense. Like, you, you came up with this whole, much like Nelson, you came up with this conspiracy theory that doesn't make sense. Right? Why would Jordan be throwing it so that he could win with Nani and throw Nani in? That makes, that doesn't make sense. And four, and also Jordan even says to her, I don't throw challenges. And I think if she really did her homework and did her research, she would know that. 
right? By watching the challenge, she would know that's not really what Jordan does. But also, and most importantly, and I've said this so many times in this episode already, why would anybody throw challenges when you can win and then you control who's going in? Throwing the challenge doesn't help you. Also, and Tori made this point much earlier in the episode, Jordan has a very clear mission, a very clear goal of getting Tori into the final. Mm -hmm. Because he's won in the past and he wants her to win. Yeah. Right? Jordan has a unique opportunity where he has twice as many chances to get Tori in. Exactly. Right? Like he's seen two other people... Uh, two other teams have finished. From Jordan's perspective, this is a chance for him to get an even better time. Maybe with maybe his time with Nani was the second best time. This is Jordan's second chance to get another time in in the like pool of potential winners. For sure. And like unlike Nelson, like Jordan has a horse in this race. Like mm-hmm. Jordan does have an investment. Yeah. Trying to see his like like I don't understand why. Bailey somehow thinks her bond with Swaggy is stronger than Jordan's bond with Tori, right? Like, she expects expects that Swaggy's doing his best uh, for her. Why wouldn't she expect the same of Jordan? Yeah. No, it makes... Who's a proven winner. Totally. And so, obviously, it comes out. We know Jordan and Nani win, and they select Jenna to be the third member of the tribunal. And, again... So this shit's all over what Nelson was saying. You could see some of the reaction shots where Anissa looked super surprised. Because no one really understands what's happening. And Nani says basically now Jenna can decide if she wants to throw herself in the elimination or not. And, you know, she kind of thinks that Jenna, if she goes in the elimination and she wins then cool, she was meant to be here. But if she loses, then she was meant to go home. Which, whatever. We, we, we can get to that later. But in terms of this strategy, what I think it is setting up is Jenna possibly... Because it comes down to who the house is going to vote vote to send in. Which could literally be anybody. Right? Like, this whole thing is super weird. Like, it could be, okay, Jenna's going to throw herself in there, but if the house votes Tori to go in, let's just say, Jenna's going to then say, yes, I want to go against Tori, that's going to be super obvious that she's just trying to go home. Right? Like, that's the part of this that I'm super interested to see what happens next episode, because I don't really understand, like, we're going to find out by who the house votes in, right? We're going to find out if Jenna really wants to stay or not. Because there's clear lines, and I know we're at the end here, this is how the episode ended, but there's clear lines to me so far, especially on the girl side, in terms of who wants to smoke to go in and try to get a skull, and who doesn't, right? So, we know Nani doesn't really want to go in, right? We know that. We know Tori does want to go in. I don't think Mel wants to go in. I don't think Big T wants to go in. I don't think Kayla wants to go in. But we only know Tori wants it. So it's it's in such a weird position where it ends on this cliffhanger. And we just got to see what happens next episode. Because we didn't really get much explained here behind that decision making. 
Yeah, it's... Jordan sort of touches on it, and I see what Jordan's angle is. His attitude is, I just did Nani a favor. Yeah. So Nani and Jenna can repay me that favor by agreeing to nominate Tori as part of the tribunal. For sure. It, and that's if Tori can't get voted in. Yeah. Which is even better because that's a surefire thing. But like I see what Jordan's driving at. Yeah, it's smart. But the other thing is, even if Tori gets voted into the elimination right away, Jordan would then have to rely on Nani and Jenna picking whoever Tori would want to go in against. Yeah. Right? So, like, I don't know who that is. I mean, we heard Tori kind of say that she doesn't think that Jenna's head's in it. But, is again, is Jenna going to admit that she just wants to go home by putting herself in an elimination against Tori? That, to me, would be a bad look. So, if Tori gets automatically put in, who else would she want to go in against? Is it Big T? Right? Is it Mel? Like, I don't know. But it's it just seems super weird to me, uh, this play, because Jordan... Ha- You're right. I guess, see, at the end of the day, it's Jordan putting his ultimate trust in Nani and Jenna. Well, and also, like... Jordan and Tori get along with them, right? Like, we mm-hmm. saw that throughout the drama with Zach and Jenna. And as I said, we know that Jordan is buds with Zach, right? Yeah. Like, I can imagine that when they're on the same coast, they hang out, right? They're, they're dudes. So, he's a dude, she's a dude, everybody's a dude, you know. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so my line of the episode, I already said, was Anissa's death stare into the camera. What was your line of the episode? Uh, yeah, I said it earlier. Um, I guess I had two because I think I mentioned two earlier. And the one was Anissa telling Nelson that you don't get to tell me my truth, bro. <laughs> That's not how this works. Um, I thought that was really good. Um, and also it was Bear right at the start of the when TJ's trying to make it all serious and asking if anyone wants to quit and Bear says, winners never quit and quitters never win. <laughs> Those two things, yeah. And uh, uh, Lawrence Thomas said that his line of the episode, and I have to mention it because it's so funny to me, was Kyle calling Big T, saying, I now call her Big Truck. And then he goes, shout out Carabana. And he had a Carabana-themed animated GIF on yeah. Twitter. It is which... a Calypso tune. Get up on the big truck. I'm not going <laughs> to sing it, but maybe I'll play it for you. There's this thing called YouTube. YouTube, <laughs> Soka, big truck. And I'm pretty sure you can figure out what, what that means. Yeah, it's about a transport vehicle, right, Sheldon? Exactly. <laughs> If you're not going to sing it, I'm definitely not going to sing it. (laughs) Um, I also wanted to point out, and uh, Daniel Barato just tweeted this at us, and I agree with him. I said I didn't like something about this episode, and he touched on it too. Daniel says, I really hope the challenge gets back on track with the episode ending with an elimination. If not, just give us a two-hour show and we would all watch. I agree. I don't like it. When it doesn't end on an elimination. Like, I, I like that pattern, and I really hope they get back to it. Like, I see why they had to give... Like, in my notes, I even put down, like, wow, this daily competition's going on for a long time. It was, like, 
40 minutes of the show. Yeah. It was a lot. I I like the like format of like daily competition, house drama, elimination competition. Like I like it all self-contained like that. Yeah, I totally agree with you and I think that is definitely the best way to go about it from like us as a viewer standpoint. We enjoy it more when it's packaged in that way. The one thing I will say is I'm going to give them a little bit of a leeway just because what could be happening, and again, I don't know this, I'm just saying this out loud, thinking out loud, but what could be happening is, let's say they're trying to buy more time, like, we don't know how this current situation has impacted the programming guide of MTV, and so what I mean by that is, maybe if it was slated for more episodes or less episodes or longer times or whatever, that's kind of throwing it off. And so maybe they're trying to extend out the season in case they can't shoot more episodes of ridiculousness, for example, right? Because of the current situation, which I don't know if that's the case. I'm just spitballing. But the one thing I will say too is by doing it this way, you're buying more time for you to edit the season on the back end. Right. And be more intricate what you're editing on the back end, because we do know one thing that's happening right now is you can't congregate, meaning, you know, how are you getting all the footage? You're not editing all at one place because you're not all everyone's not all at the office. And I was listening to an interview with the guy who directed the Jordan doc and how they were talking about how difficult it's been to edit in this current situation, because now you're spending so much time sending over video files right to people's houses and having them download and edit at home and it's just such a different process than if you were all in the same place so it's one possibility as to why it's like this just because they've been thrown off and how they get to further episodes which again i don't know just throwing out the possibility i also think that there's some it depends on the producer's uh approach but there could be some math where like this would be one of the more expensive competitions that they did mm-hmm. and like there would be a direct math where they're like okay we spent this amount of money and it was clearly sponsored by fast and the furious mm-hmm. right like they're shouting out fast and furious 9 a lot yep. f9 and stuff so part of that deal might have been like we will really spotlight fast and furious if you give us x amount of money for sure. And also, if we're going to spend this much money on such a complicated and dangerous stunt, well, then we're going to get our money's worth in terms of uh, ad revenue. No, right? totally. So, agree. like, that might be part of the equation as well. But I do agree with Daniel. I don't, I don't love this uh, this current format. Uh, and I have another reader comment. A reader, another listener comment. Uh, I lost it. There it is. Brett Bullet says, Can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on this episode. Also, lots of LVPs and the usual suspect. I assume he meant Nelson. I always enjoy when one or both of you throw an LVP in. Have you thought about bo- doing both an MVP and an LVP? I notice you guys usually only do one or the other. I also like the uh, say something nice about Nelson segment. It's a nice addition, as I think most people have the same opinion about him. Keep it up. So I, you and I didn't discuss this in advance. 
I I like where we just have either an LVP or an LVP, an MVP or an LVP. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's it's necessary to like lock things in, and I don't even think we kind of like. I feel like unplanned. There are times where we do have both. You yeah, know, I think when it's necessary, cool. But I, yeah, I don't think there's any reason to to make hard fast rules either way. And Brett, you might be giving us too much credit. I can't stress how much of this show of You Killed It is like done by the seat of our pants. I know it seems very professional and very smooth, but we really does make it? a lot of it up on the fly. <laughs> does, it, like, does it really seem that professional or smooth? I, I, I I'm missing something. <laughs> <laughs> As I've even said recently... Like, I don't even really edit the podcast anymore unless one of us does something really egregious. I just put the bumpers on, line up our audio, and then ship it. And, like, they'll be, like, maybe occasionally I'll, like, have a little extra time and, like, put in a sound effect. Or, as I said, if there's... If one of us says something that I think, you know, might get us in trouble for real, I cut it out. But that's about it. So uh, we don't produce that much. We even joke about it between us, like before we start rolling, about how little we talk. Like we don't talk about like what topics we're going to cover or in what order. We just sort of like read the room. All that being said, Sheldon, who killed it for you this week? Uh, for me, it's Bananas and Wes, just because oh. I feel like they continue to be manipulating the house and just, you know, keeping it funny, keeping it lighthearted creating jokes but just also creating content and i think in that situation where you know the house is you know i keep calling it the house when they're referring it to it as a bunker it seems like it could be really depressing and really boring and lead to let's be serious a boring season of the challenge in terms of in the house because normally we get a lot of pool scenes and a lot of drunken pool nights and you know what i mean whereas this one, it doesn't really seem like there's a lot of that. And, uh, yeah, that whole bit was super funny. And even though I think Wes went overboard with going through her personal belongings, um, their end goal is to manipulate and stir the pot and fuck around with people. And they're doing that. So for that reason, meanwhile, they're, their whole, like, they're not even on the radar, Bananas and Wes. So I think above all, got to give them credit for it. And at the end of the day, I ask myself one question. Am I entertained? Yes, they are entertaining me. So there we go. Bananas and West killed it for me. I think that Jordan is my MVP this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was spitting straight facts at uh, Jenna when he said, if I were in your shoes, I'd stay. Yeah. Um, and like I think what he says has weight given his friendship with Zach uh, he also he won he got into a tribunal he won an argument with Bailey the big bad Bailey and he is getting into a position where his partner his rider die Tori will be able to get into uh, an elimination and potentially get a red skull and certainly they, they had sort of a trailer at the end of this episode and Tori is clearly in an elimination. So yeah. we don't know if that's on the next episode or if it's further down the line, but it's happening. Mm-hmm. Like she's going to get there. 
Uh, we also saw a lot of interesting things happening in that trailer. Like D is going to be in another elimination. I don't yeah. know if you noted that. Well, there's also a point where TJ says, you guys have wasted a lot of time here as you're running out of skulls. So the theme of people clearly trying to duck eliminations and keep throwing in the same people, as you mentioned, D, um, seems to be, you know, a prevailing theme going forward. So I'm interested to see how that continues to play out. Yep. Uh, Where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me in the same places. You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And uh, like and subscribe to the pod wherever you're listening right now on uh, uh, Shouts to the People on SoundCloud and iTunes and YouTube. Liking and subscribing and sharing and all that fun stuff. Rate us, rank us, and all that fun stuff. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Chidley Hill. And that's it. I just keep it simple. I keep it straightforward. Yep. And until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it.